This is Fantasy Intervention. Now here to intervene with your fantasy life, Steffi Smalls and Chase Vernon. What's going on, guys? Welcome on into yes, another episode of Fantasy Intervention coming right at your faces, right at your earlobes, just sneaking right in there, going straight to your brain. Of course, you have Steffi Smalls on the show with us today. It is her show, The Rehab Report, for Tuesdays. But we are joined by two phenomenal guests. We're going to start out with first, Jason Sarney. What's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, Chase. Hey, Steffi. Hey, Troy. How are everyone of you guys doing? Good. Living this life. Is one of my favorite people. Jason Sarney is hilarious. His sense of humor is so awesome. Is something that everyone should try to aspire to have their humor like. Such a cool guy. One of the nicest people on Twitter and diehard Dolphins fan. I interrupted you, but you could tell everyone where they can find you and what you have going well, on. Well, thank you, Steffi. No pressure. I appreciate the lead-in. Um, listen, I appreciate all you guys having me. I, I'm surrounded by greatness, and I'm not talking about the thing behind me. I'm talking about all three of you guys. <laughs> you are rocking and rolling in this fantasy world, and I'm just living in it, frankly. And thank you for joining uh, me in my dolphin world all the time. You guys are really amazing supporters of uh, the team. Troy, I know you're a Finn fan, but you guys are really uh, Finn-friendly. And Smalls, yes. be careful about talking about my quarterbacks. I'm just letting you right. know. Yeah, we're very Finn-friendly until we get to the three-letter word that we won't even say. We don't even have to talk about it. We can just go to the four-letter word and go right to Troy, which who you guys obviously know. He is in doing our circle, but he does a ton of other stuff. So, Troy King, tell the people. What's up? That was a hell of a transition, though. So, I'll give you some credit for that. That was good. Yeah, I'm <laughs> That was quick on your feet. So what's up, world? I am Troy King. I am not only part of Join Our Circle, but I'm also a writer for Ball Blast Football. And I'm one of the co-hosts of Fantasy Football Confidential. We air Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in terms of live streaming. But yeah, I'm on Twitter a lot. You can find me at T King Mode. And I'm always, you know, doing something. So I appreciate everybody who's been rocking with me and supporting me. Oh, and yes, yes, yes. Get excited because we got sugar tits in the chat. Sugar tits. Oh, sugar tits. Sugar tits is one of the listeners and followers that has been like following me since week nine when I had my first rehab report. And he's always here. And it's so funny because Chase and I will be like, where's sugar tits? And then he'll pop up. He's always there. He's awesome. So thank always you, sugar tits. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Make sure you guys go check us out, uh, of course, on YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasy intervention. Make sure you guys go hit like and subscribe. And I got an exciting announcement to make what we have we now have pins we got pins i'm gonna go to an ad soon fantasy intervention pins coming right at your face and we have koozies and we have stickers oh my god stickers galore right so you guys can actually find all this stuff go show your love go show your support for fantasy intervention fantasyintervention.com and go to get some gear go get loaded up on some fantasy intervention uh, goodies so steph what do we have lined up for the show today So uh, you guys know, we kind of decided, Chase and I, mid-episode probably two weeks ago, that each week now we're going to kind of go into one of the injuries and talk about the myths and the facts. and Because, you know, there's you hear this injury-prone word, and it's 
annoying as heck. This is a Twitter general manager word that just formulates out of nowhere. And so today we're going to talk about ACL. But before we do that, since it is the postseason, we have Sarni and even I feel like the four of us have come from different stories as far as content creating goes. And I think that that's something a lot of people are looking into doing this offseason. So I thought we could go around and just talk about kind of how we got into it at first. Um, and we can start with you, Sarni, because I know a lot of our I think maybe a lot of our viewers have never heard your story. Oh boy, I'll try to keep it with the, like the abridged <laughs> version. Um, I'm always, I've always been like a sports guy, quote unquote, in terms of going through the high school and college process. I, I you know, always had that path. Did a lot of reporting uh, at the university at Buffalo, and this was pre, you know, Khalil Mack, pre Jarrett Patterson. <laughs> this is when they were literally the last ranked team in college football, not to really truly age myself, but I was on the field for their first ever win. Yes, Troy, the television was in color and it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> it was in about 2000, I believe one. I know you know that uh, I'm a little bit more on the older side of things, but I fell in love with just the whole reporting aspect. And then after working you know, at the NBA, got out of it a little bit, real world, you know, and then uh, missed it and got right back into things. And it really wasn't until around two, three years ago that I hopped on Facebook, created this fun orange Aquaman persona, thanks to my kids. Very quick little funny story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had no idea of doing any kind of Twitter handle or whatever. And then we're watching Lego uh, DC superheroes or whatever. I'm a Marvel guy, not so much a DC guy, believe it or not. And my little guy, he was like four at the time, three and a half, whatever, said, daddy is Aquaman, a dolphin fan. He's wearing orange. And then my eyes just went like that. And I ran to the computer and then three hours later got yelled at for neglecting the kids. But here we are just talking fins and love and life. I love that. That's so awesome. Especially your kids being involved too. It's cool. That'd be a cool story too when they get older. Well, they have no choice to kind of follow and suit. My older son, Brandon, is an aspiring gaming YouTuber. He loves it, and uh, he's yeah. not having the football bug just yet, but uh, he's got the creation bug, so uh, I love it. it. You could still, he could catch it. It's contagious. Oh, he's a fourth quarter fan. He comes in, he likes to see how I'm doing, and then... Uh, that was like my brother it. growing up, but it was the Giants. So the fourth quarter was always exciting because they didn't play until the fourth quarter when he was growing up. So that's he always loved that. So funny. I think we have one of those children over there at, at Fantasy Intervention that's, you know, into the gaming stuff that comes we in, do, yeah. in the fourth quarter. Yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. on Twitch now. <laughs> All right, Troy, sure, go ahead. The circle. Go oh, ahead. Well, it's my turn. So huh, my story was interesting. So Honestly, my well, my fantasy story came from last year. So I didn't even know fantasy Twitter was a thing this time last year. I discovered what Scott Fishbowl was, and first I just what I discovered probably fantasy Twitter was probably like in March. And then I discovered what the Scott Fishbowl was. I tried to get into that. I didn't get in. I got into the satellite, and I just saw a bunch of people tweeting about fantasy. And I thought originally that. There's only like the big names, like the Matthew Berries of the world and the CBS guys. I didn't know there was like this subdivision of fancy analysts. So I just started following people, talking to people. And then all of a sudden, um, Tyler at um, Dynasty Happy Hour, he, he saw me tweeting and I was just interacting with people and he asked if I wanted to be a writer. And at first I was skeptical. I'm like, nah, I don't really want to be a writer. I'm just trying to play fancy football. 
when I talked to my wife about it, and I'm like, yo, this dude wants me to be a writer. He's like, she's like, oh, I think you'd be really good at it. You should say yes. And I'm like, really? I'm like, all right, you know, I'm cool. You know, I'm to try it out. And then all of a sudden I started writing, started tweeting, started gaining a lot of traction. And then John Bauer and Mitch Sorensen, the co-host of Dynasty Theory, they reached out to me like, hey, we're thinking about doing like a side podcast. You want to be part of it? I'm like, sure. He's like, oh, we need you know, another person. And then I hit up Linda G at Lindellians, and I'm like, hey, do you want to do this podcast with us? Because I, I knew her, but I didn't know her, know her. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we formed this team. And then slowly but surely, here I am, you know, just I'm trying to take over the Twitter world. You know, like I got a nickname on Open Bar, Timeline Troy, because I'm always on your timeline. I'm always active. I'm always hustling from morning till night. So, and that's kind of a quick story, you know, in terms of being a Dolphins fan, you know, Dolphins fan all my life, but I grew up into it. So, yeah, that's kind of a, my backstory trying, you know, summarize. Troy is being so humble. He grinds so hard. He's like one of the hardest grinders on this app. And he's like also the nicest person too. Well, I mean, Sarney's nicer than you, to be honest. But like, yeah, he probably but, is. He but, probably is. But, no, but Troy grinds so hard. <laughs> you really no, do. Troy, Troy honestly is the hardest working man in this game. And that's just yeah. from start. What do you sleep? Like seriously, no, do you, you sleep? Ask, I sleep more than Steph does. <laughs> well, not do you sleep? Not you. I don't know I, I get up early. That's what it is. I just get up. I do sleep. I just get up really early. So I'm up at like 5 a.m. every day. Yeah, I go to I sleep. Go to the gym. Like, then he's being the perfect dad, perfect husband. <laughs> then he goes to work, and then he's a perfect football analyst. Oh, about perfect man. You know, I'm a, I'm alright. I'm alright. My my wife probably would not agree with the perfect thing. I'll interview her and ask it. Yeah, well, I'm gonna sorry. tell her you said that, and then let's see if she agrees. Okay. And don't <laughs> Don't worry, I'll give her some. I'll give her some things, some juice that work quick too. Okay. <laughs> Get her on the call right now. I need to hear this. Oh no, I'll never do that. She'll ruin my whole street cred. World, worlds <laughs> colliding, guys. Worlds colliding. Keep that. Oh, no. All right, Chiefs, come on. Wait, you're not well, going first. Ladies first. Yeah, go ahead. Why not? Ladies first. You go. Okay, I'll go John. first. That's fine. Um, I was bored in quarantine, like most of us were. And I started tweeting, had like, oh. no, <laughs> look at Chase's thing is my logo. Why, why is it? Like, I don't know. Why. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll do technical stuff later. Um, yeah. So I was bored and I just started tweeting. Uh, the draft came and went. And obviously everyone knows I'm a big Giants fan. For those of you that do follow me, I'm very in your face New York Giants fan, and I actually think that it's so funny looking back and thinking about it. I think the tweet that started getting traction was when Leonard Fournette was rumored to come to the Giants, and I told everyone, don't put that evil on me, and for some reason, it, like, blew up, but now looking back, he didn't do his poorly. <laughs> I just don't like his loud mouth, but whatever. So that took off, and then uh, I started writing for New York Giants Rush and started doing interviews on sleeper wire and then chase found me on the streets of twitter and <laughs> the streets of twitter there's a little pause colombo is fighting for the o-line like i do very passionately and that's kind of where it went from here and then here we are love it 
Absolutely love it. And it's been an impressive uh, story watching you come up and, you know, how successful you are in this industry. It's been absolutely insane to, to sit there and watch it and know how hard you work behind the scenes is absolutely incredible as well. So and I haven't sworn once this entire time. For this show? Are we you allowed better? to do that? Or, or can we? Yeah, you're allowed to. No, no, okay. she's trying to get better at I'm it. On she the actually F- did a show last week and she got all the way to the end. There was like five minutes left and she ended yeah. up dropping. I'm like, cool. like going to do it this time. I have a note that says, do not say the F word. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Chase, we need your story, man. Well, come on. But yours is like a long tale. Give them the Reader's Digest. Yeah. Cliff Notes. (laughs) I loved Cliff Notes growing up. Oh, yeah. Of course. My my dad was an English teacher. I had to. I I hated reading. They put the scarlet letter on my desk, and I was like, "Mm, I don't think so. That shit's too big. I did it. Oh, it's shit. It's not. Okay, go. I, I won't get too uh, long and drawn out with this, but essentially I didn't even own a laptop around this time two years ago, about a year and a half ago. And I had no idea what I was doing. So I ended up uh, buying a laptop from one of my friends and bought some equipment that I had no idea what I was getting you know, online and just started recording. And it was mainly because of fantasy footballers asked me anything that uh, that actually kind of encouraged me to do it. So anyways, I'm, I'm calling up my friends that I know that I play football with. And I'm like, dude, let's do this podcast. Let's do this podcast. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And they show up for like one episode. And then they realize that they actually have to do like four or five hours worth of research <laughs> in order to make sure that it, it sounds good because, you know, we're just starting out. I didn't want to sound like idiots. So, you know, essentially I pretty much went through like 10 to 15 different hosts that were my friends that just uh, didn't stick. So, uh, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm doing these podcasts. I'm doing about six or seven a week, completely solo. And they were an hour long. And Sal, I guess, somehow found out about one of my podcasts, was listening to it, and he messages me, and he's like, dude, you know, and this is Sal Lito, by the way, big shout out, he's the one that brought me over. But anyways, he's like, dude, like, this podcast is actually really good. He's like, you know, it's it's on point, like, you didn't stutter, you didn't say um one time, like, it's actually really impressive. And I was like, thanks, man, like, you know, that, that's awesome. He's like, I need to get you on a Twitter. And I was like, cool, like, you know, this is probably a little bit over a year ago now or a little bit under a year ago now. And um, he's like, I need to get you on Twitter. I was like, yeah, I created an account, but I haven't you know, messed with it or anything like that. So I had like three followers at the time. He's like, the only thing is if I bring you onto Twitter and I get your name out there, he's like, you can't say anything that you're saying on your shows. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? He goes, the stuff that you say does not belong on Twitter and it will not be taken very well. So you need to cut things back. I'll give you a couple months, You know, we'll get you fixed up. And if you come on the, the pot-a-thon and everything you're saying, is uh you know on point and I listen to another one of your shows and it sounds good you know I'll promote you and get you up there it's like cool so I, I fixed all my stuff sent him another uh you know another few episodes and I'm like hey check them out you know I'm a lot more uh tame than I, I guess I was so he uh he promoted me ended up uh getting me over to Dynasty Happy Hour same place that Troy started out with which is why you know we're so close and uh yeah it was uh pretty crazy like how quickly I, I caught on and started to grow. I mean, I was writing four articles a week. So that's all anybody ever saw was just my article, my article, my article. I think at one point they have a total of uh, of 12 articles that popped up on a page and I had 11 out of the 12. So, you know, that was my goal was to actually take over the whole 12 and somebody messed it up. I think it was Taylor messed it up and hopped in and, and posted one like right in between my stream. It's like, no, I didn't get the whole page. But anyways, uh, that's how, that's how, uh, you know, I kind of made my name for myself. I ended up they, they weren't able to keep up with my edits over there for my my uh, my articles that I was writing. So I ended up going over to Dynasty Nerds as well, and I started writing for them. So I was doing about four articles a week for, for Dynasty Happy Hour, two articles a week for Dynasty Nerds. And then Dynasty Happy Hour ended up uh, getting to a point where, 
you know, they didn't want to keep running their website. They still wanted to keep their podcast because it's an amazing podcast, but they wanted to check out, you know, they wanted to check off of the, uh, the website aspect of things. So I had a few people come to me from Dynasty Happy Hour and they're like, hey, are you going to do anything with, with your company? I'm like, dude, I'm too busy writing articles. There's no way I'm going to be able to handle it. But I can't say no to anything. So, of course, <laughs> within like a few days, uh, I had fantasy intervention as, as the background, you know, and sitting there and, um, you know, looking at, at what, like 10, 10 coworkers essentially when we first started and reached out and grabbed, you know, a few more. And, you know, Mike and I were, were taking the, the Wednesdays by storm and, you know, along with you guys over at FF Confidential. And it's it's kind of been just a, you know, I wouldn't say a dream since then because of the amount of work, but we're getting there. We're getting close. And it's something that, uh, you know, we're going, we're going to get there. We're going to succeed in this industry. So I'm very excited for what's to come. That was so nice, Chiefs. I want to go run for a war right now. I'm that was a really good story. I feel very inspired right now. Oh, you might just buy a pin. You, you won't. You won't. It's, you buy a pin. We're going to make a bet where you're going to have to buy a pin if you lose. I need, I, need, I need a pin. I need to buy a pin. 100%. I want to turn it into something for the fantasy community. I want everybody to get pins. Pin collecting? And yeah, and collect each other's pins and support each other by collecting their pins. And I think it'd be really cool. I'm going to put mine on my denim jacket. I'm very excited about it. That's yeah. fantastic. It's like I think it's fun. Soccer. Yeah. The soccer yeah. Transfer the patches. That's great. Yeah. I can maybe I change the them like how my mom wore brooches. I mean, my grandma, not my mom. Sorry, <laughs> mom. Let me date you there, sis. Hey. Um, but yeah, I might put it on my denim jacket. I don't know. But two follow-up questions for this is if you had one piece of advice that you could give to people that wanted to expand or I know Troy and I have been constantly we're in uh, group chats with people asking us <laughs> questions about how to expand or uh, just any advice that you could have for someone that was coming in and then one thing that you're looking forward to this season so that we can wrap back into football. <laughs> Sorry, you can go first. Troy, um, Troy, go ahead, Troy. Troy, Troy. I'm going first time. Let's swing it back to you. Uh, so nice. You're so nice. You're so nice. nice. I'm what sorry. A- I'll be meaner. I hate you guys. <laughs> okay. Who are you, King? <laughs> so in terms of advice, I always try to tell people, you need to be authentic. So you have to find something that makes you stand out. One, just be yourself. Don't try to be like anybody else. As well as you need to find something that makes you stand out amongst everyone else. Because a lot of us, especially in this space, in sports, not just fantasy, but sports in general, we're talking about the same things. You know, there's only so many players, so many teams that you can talk about. So you have to find a way to diversify. And I know it's not easy, but for me personally, I believe I'm more than just fantasy. Like I'm obviously fantasy football, but I let my personality shine on my, you know, live streams, on my tweets. So I'm just a little bit of everything, whether it's music, whether it's jokes, memes, like I'm just being me and I'm having fun. So there's like no pressure. Like I don't have to worry about, oh, what content am I going to be creating just because I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I'm just being me and I'm having a good time doing it. And I just want to say, don't take things too seriously. You know, I believe that some people are, oh, stats, stats, stats. But it's like, hey, if you and a hundred other people are just tweeting stats all the time, <laughs> and Chase, Chase tweets a lot of stats, but you know, he, he's gotten better in terms of showing his personality too. But I'm just saying, if you're going to tweet stats all the time, it'd be cool stats. And you might like, oh, that's a cool stat, bro. And then they're going to move on to whatever else. So that's just all I'm saying. Like, just be you. Nobody can duplicate who you are. So if you just show a little bit of your personality, that's what's going to help to differentiate you. And also, sorry, networking, engagement. 
networking and engagement is going to help you grow and it's going to help you meet other people, whether you go on their podcasts, read their articles, retweet groups, interacting, engagement, networking, all those yeah. things, right. you'll be good. So I did only ask for one piece of advice. So you probably stole nah, everyone. I was on the literally roll. stole everyone's I advice. I bet. So <laughs> sorry. You have to, um, I apologize that you have to sorry. come back. You have to follow him up. But Troy, Troy gets it. So I can't be mad. <laughs> Go no, ahead. Sorry. No, honestly, I'm glad that Troy <laughs> went first because uh, you know he, he hit the nail on the head for for everyone. Be authentic, because Troy. It's exactly what you are, sir, and that's why I love you. Is because there's no BS. And you're just real, you're inspiring, and you're, uh, you're great at what you do. So um, in terms of everyone who wants to do things like this, it doesn't matter when you start. Don't get out of it for whatever reason. Don't pivot out. I pivoted out when things were hard. It was graveyard shift. It was, you know, trying to live life as a New York City two years out of college guy, you know, going into from New York City to Jersey on the graveyard shift, going to watch basketball all night. How horrible. But you know what? It was a grind. And through a decision, I said, you know what? I want to get into business. I got into business. But then I missed it. I got to the Mets, got out of the Mets, went into business. But then you set yourself back when you when you pivot out. So I would say if you have a goal, circle it. Do not deviate. The shortest distance between two points is a straight line. And do everything from A to B through Z, exactly how Troy just laid it out there. And I think that you're going to be fine. With, with this is a cool beard, Troy. Am I like? I, like, I just feel like you cool look cool with your beard tonight. Like it's like oh. usually you have it. That's why I'm trying. I gotta. Yeah, emulate I'm like you guys. I kind of am embarrassed now. Like I like don't really like you. Just look cool. It's like kind of chilled, and you're usually in a red solo cup. It's just. I'm, I'm upgraded. You know what it is? It's a Troy. light beer. So okay. here's the thing. It's a light beer, right? Because you know I'm trying to I'm trying okay. to be healthy. I'm trying to do the right, calories, I should right? Write this down, I think. Well, here's the thing. Like, look, Lightning. I want to, I want to drink Crown in my Coke, but that's not Ooh, as healthy. Yeah. And look, I want something to drink. I'm not like Chase. I'm not, you know, giving up alcohol, but I want a little something. He's drinking so. right now. Hey, it's for. No, he's look, drinking it. Coke. He's just drinking oh. Coke. Yeah, literally, it's just cool. Coca Cola. Um, okay, sorry. Yeah, no, I told you, I'm doing this for okay. charity. Okay, sorry. Okay, well, back to the advice, Chase. Go ahead, Steph, Chase. You, you go first. <laughs> Girls first. Oh, thanks, baby. Oh. Thank All right, so. Let's go ahead and go with, I know you said one, but I, I want two, and I want to do the one, I want two because of the fact that I want to give everybody else the advice that I got, which made me start doing this, and that's just go do it. You know, I talked about how I was listening to fantasy footballers ask me anything, and they were like, you know, how'd you guys get started, blah, 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 and, you know, Andy went around and said what he had to say, Mike went around and said what he had to say, and Jason went, and he's like, listen, like, you could do it, you know, you could sit there and plan on doing what they do. And, you know, starting up and having this game plan and everything. But at the end of the day, you actually just have to sit down and you have to just go do it. Like you have to just go do it. And it's going to be work at some points. You know, it's going to be stressful at some points. It's going to make you not want to do it at some points. I mean, I know right around week eight, week, week 10, somewhere in that range, when I tried to take over or when I tried to build up the new company and I was trying to write articles and I was trying to get out content and I was trying to do research. I was like, you know, up till two o'clock in the morning, waking up at 5 a.m., like, just like, I hate my life right now, but I knew it was all going to be worth it towards the end of the season. You just got to sit down and you got to do it. The second thing is, is you got to write. 
um, you don't, you, first off, you got to join a bigger company if you can. If you can't, start out with a small company, get a few articles out, get some content out, and then go over to a bigger company and look at the system that they're running. Look at how they're doing things. Because you could sit there and you could have this game plan in your head of how you're going to do this and you're going to do that and you're going to build up company, you're going to do all that. But they've already done it. They've already done all this stuff. So you could sit there and you could have your own ideas how to do things. But in all reality, most people have already tried to do it. And all this, their system might not be the best way for you to do it at first. Once you learn how to operate through their system and get down the things that they are doing and the way that they're doing it, you can incorporate it. Go join another new company. Go join another different, you know, bigger company and take the things that you like from the previous company and apply them to, you know, what you're doing within the community. And then take the things from the new company that you like and apply it. You don't have to sit there and, uh, you know, try and reinvent the wheel or try and do something different. Like just follow what other people are doing successful because that that road's already been ca uh, carved. Like it's already been paved. There's no reason that you have to trek through the through the woods to try and figure out how to get from point A to point B because it's already been done. It's already been done. You know, so I feel like just don't make it harder than it has to be and write, 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 because that's where it all starts. That is the basis to everything. This That's the basis to this it community. <laughs> it's the basis to, to podcasting. It's the basis to literally everything fantasy football is right, because you have to research. You have to edit. You have to you know use Grammarly from time to time. Right. You have to to understand what you're talking about. And then you have to know the system and the system starts with writing. Honestly, you know, that's, that's an advice that I've heard from so many people because that, that was excellent advice because the Matthew Berry's of the world, the Liz Loza's, all of them write all the time. Like that doesn't go away. So that's a skill that you want to have. You don't have to be the best writer, but you always want to have that in your back pocket. You Matthew know? Berry so, was a screenwriter. He, exactly. He, he wrote screenplays. Oh, did he? <laughs> oh, yeah, he did. Oh, I did. That's awesome. Yeah, did. I don't, if I finish this margarita, I'll tell you maybe a funny story later. But uh, <laughs> right. I have a little bit of a connection that I might uh, say Ooh. here. Save that. No, for a later. fun story. I think Troy knows where I'm going with it. I think yeah. I might I have told you. <laughs> it's 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 an end of drink story. Okay, I'm done with that. Sure. All right, Steph. All right. I'm going to make it quick, and then I'm going to go to. I'm going to put our add on so that I can just pull up my ACL stuff so that we can talk ACL. But I mean, everyone touched on every like great things, two things. One thing that I think didn't totally get touched on is having a support group. So having people, and it's not even just a support group because you're going to network and you're going to link up and you're going to meet all these cool people. There's, uh, there's, I am getting to that point, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Crap. Um, so, but anyway, so back to my point is it's one thing to have a support group, but to have people that you really rely on and people that you trust and people that you can go to when it's not a good day, you feel like your writing sucks, so you feel like you have writing block, you need people that you can uh, lean on, people that will be honest with you um, and will really push you every day to be your best. And I think that that's something that's definitely for me, I feel very fortunate. The people that I've surrounded myself in since I've, I started uh, picking up traffic and getting more followers and whatever, it doesn't even matter. But the people that I surround myself with are people that I feel like make me better and make me want to work harder. So that's definitely something. And then again, the personality thing is, I think no matter how, if you have five followers, I don't care how many followers you have, yourself is a brand. So be genuine to that brand that's yourself. Uh, be authentic to yourself. Put that in your writing. Put that in your videos. And uh, my big thing is don't, don't say no to appearances. If you can... 
if you can go on as many shows as possible, do it. I mean, that's how I met all these amazing people. And like, I have so many, so much networking, so many connections. So those are my three. I said two, but three. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. I mean, it's, it's something that getting in the industry can be easy as long as you, you know, have these guidelines that you kind of set for yourself. You know, you network like Troy was talking about, like, you know, you, you do say yes to every opportunity. It, it's crazy how easy it can be, but it's going to take effort. It's going to take practice regardless. Yeah. All right. I'm going to cut to our, what is it even called? How do you, what, advertisement? Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> advertisement ad, you know. Hey. Go to read. Okay. Go to read. Okay, got it. Ready to go. <laughs> Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy show app for player props. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes. Choose 10 out of the 20 player props for the NFL options to build your lineup. Use promo code CIRCLE when you sign up today, and you will receive an instant match bonus up to $50 on your first deposit of 20 or more. For those of you who struggle at math, that would mean if you deposit 20, you will get 40, 30 gives you 60, 40 gives you 80, all the way up to that 50, $100 bonus. Again, use promo code CIRCLE to get that bonus. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store today or Play Store or by visiting their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and hashtag prop up today. I'm going to crack another pot before this. <laughs> you won't. You're so scared. I did say that I was going to try to tie in the Dolphins to whatever injury I picked. And all I could come up with is Preston had an ACL tear in college. Yeah. I just don't really want to So that's all I got for you guys. All right. So we're going to talk ACL because uh, I'm noticing a lot, especially the offseason. I think it's because we have nothing to talk about. I think it's all of a sudden this Besides rookies. All, yeah, <laughs> all we can talk about. we're all worried about who's injury prone. Um, so with the ACL, it's interesting because after I was doing, I didn't get to talk to him about this, but as I was doing more research and looking through it, I started to realize that there is kind of a correlation with players that don't end up coming back and don't end up having success. So a lot of that correlation, which this is where we talk about injury prone, is when you're someone like RG3 who is tearing your ACL for the second time, that's injury prone, okay? So when you are doing something to your body over and over again, and you're clearly not recovering from it, that's injury prone. So those are the players that that you definitely um, see more not coming back as well. RG3 is someone that I'll talk about in a, a little bit later, but he's someone that obviously had that surgery and it's very visible that when he returned to the game, he was not the same player. But then you look at guys like Tom Brady, who I don't even need to tell you his success. I think he tore that in like 2002, 2000, 2002 was a start. So 2008, I, he tore his uh, ACL. He had surgery on that. Another one is that's just the ACL and just the MCL. So we'll get into that. There's all these parts in the knee. That's the thing. Too much, so many parts, and people try to understand it. And if you don't actually look at the knee, you don't get it. So look up the knee, <laughs> please. I'm telling you, you'll. It's so interesting how everything connects to each other and how they support each other. But so, looking at research, I looked at a study which I found today actually, and it's not the one that I used to do my Saquon article, which is interesting because the one I used for Saquon is a more recent one. So this was a 2001-2015 study. 
Any player that had a total reconstructive surgery, they had a full rupture, uh, they had a 98.6% chance of having surgery. So when this happens, that's it. You're going to the operating room. There's really no way around it, period. Uh, but then it really was only 6.7% that had complications. Those complications were either, and this is split totally, is some kind of re-rupture or they ended up needing another surgery. But what I found interesting was with return to play, these players almost always come back, especially now. This is an older study, but now things are very advanced. Like things are laparoscopic and they don't leave as much damage like they used to. So arthritis isn't as big of a worry and we'll get to Todd Gurley. Don't worry, I'm definitely going to touch on it. But uh, it looked like only two thirds actually competed at their highest level those three years following. So about only 80 5.8% were still playing after the three years were done from their surgery. So there definitely is a decline, but then you have to take into, into consideration quarterback, running back, wide receiver. Uh, Four-fifths of these cases are the running back, wide receiver position. It's very demanding. That's how we see turf toe. That's why you see quarterbacks usually come back uh, other than RG3, obviously. But you look at Tom Brady, Teddy Bridgewater, you could argue that maybe his career was more system-based if he didn't get traded. You could argue that maybe that's not necessarily from the injury. I would. Some people consider him a player that did not come back the same. I think that maybe it was more of his scenario and timing. He kind of, he got the short stick on that one. I'm sorry, Teddy, but it's true. Uh, but you look at players like Adrian Peterson, and this is how you see things advance. And Adrian Peterson is someone that he got his surgery in 2012 and uh, 2000, yeah. When he came back, though, that same year was his best year. I mean, this guy could not have picked up more accolades that year. He uh, had a phenomenal year, but it's because they're doing more research now and we're learning, obviously, as with mental health and as things uh, continue, is that there are psychological factors, your dedication to your rehab. So I think when we're looking at running backs, you have to look at it as a big picture. And then age comes into it also. That's another thing. So someone like OBJ, right? OBJ is probably 28 now. Um, I, if I think I'm right, I may not be. Someone can fact check me. Um, but someone like OBJ, he's 28. So study shows that players that are 25 years or less when they come back, they have a much higher success rate because the body's younger. The body hasn't been hit as much. These are, and I've said this before in these reports is the body is not, I mean, there's wear and tear. These are not normal people. The four of us are not going out to the grocery store, getting tackled by 400 pound men every day. So this is not like a normal behavior for the body. They have to be in like awesome shape. I mean, I, it's it's definitely very situational, but age is a, definitely a very, very big part of this. And so under 25 years old is players, when they come back and return to play, they have no problem. And some, some cases I will say, and I don't want to start some Twitter craze, but there are some cases where it does show that some players are more productive when they come back. Granted, you have to take everything with a grain of salt. Not every research study is done as foolproof as the other ones. But players, you look at like Adrian Peterson, and I compare him to Saquon a lot, especially with everyone that's been watching, is uh, Saquon did not have as much of a invasive surgery as Adrian Peterson is because things are different now. 
Uh, Saquon is someone that did a prehab. This is a newer thing. We're not seeing, when you're not seeing five years ago, these guys do a prehab where they're waiting six weeks before the surgery, which is allowing the body to heal itself, which is much better than any kind of secondary intervention. So that's kind of my spiel. I was going to open up questions. <laughs> I think I touched everything. I was kind of curious about like the prehab. Are they doing like actual works out, workout and exercises in order to yeah. strengthen the muscles around the ACL prior to, or are they just sitting around in a hot tub? <laughs> so you're saying that they are versus, you know, having, I guess, just sitting around in, in a cold tub or sitting around in a hot tub or whatever. No, it's more than that. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen someone that hurts their ACL. Like there was this kid, I remember him from high school. Oh my gosh. He tore his ECL and he, the kid would, could like bend all the way down. Like the way that you can, you can still move when you tear your ACL. Everyone's forgets that you can still, it's not like a limiting yeah. thing where you keep, you just stop walking. Um, so they have more, you're able to go to physical therapy. You're able to go do the swimming therapy. And you have to remember these, the league has so much money too. So this is, they're getting every treatment that you could ever imagine. If any of us tore our ACL, that's it. You go to surgery. I don't even know how what the difference is in prehab between like a standard patient and someone that's a professional athlete. You'd have to look into it. But we're not getting a prehab like they're getting a prehab. Even if we are, we're going to PT for two weeks and going to surgery, you know? So it's it's very interesting looking at it. And I think it's this scary where it seems like it's a death wish that once you, it's the seal of death. Once you have an ACL, once you have an ACL tear, forget it. But there's really no reason looking at it that we should feel this way. Look at Gronk is another example. And Gronk is someone that had a lot of, this guy, listen, he went to my alma mater. This boy was so beaten up before he even got into the NFL. He had already had like four surgeries. I mean, they weren't on his knee, but the players like this that have the dead, it's not unrelated that Tom Brady and Gronk just won a Super Bowl. It's because of their mindset. So you have to you have to take into account there's a lot of pieces that that play a role in these ACL injuries. So stop labeling people, stop not picking people up. Saquon is going to be very successful this year, I promise. Uh players like that, someone that is not, okay. Now now I'm talking about I just forgot I didn't even talk about girly, and I just want to mention it really quick. Is someone like girly? is he got injured before he came into the league as well. So that already, we give him a point there. And then he got injured again. And he's someone that unfortunately did, he does have arthritis from it. And a lot of the studies show that uh, BMI is a big factor into it. A lot of the interventions, a big factor to it, but things don't look good for Gurley. So Gurley is someone that I, I would be concerned about. Someone like Saquon, that's, stayed really healthy in college for the most part uh it, you don't worry about him he's had one he's obviously a very dedicated kid no, no bias like bias aside but he is everyone knows that i don't need to even say that so but people like Gurley, where we're seeing this up and down behavior as far as playing goes he's someone that you worry about i mean he obviously is not doing well his bmi i looked it up the other day it's it's way higher than it needs to be for the players that do have success when they have arthritis so he's looking at i, I mean like as i'm looking it's just doesn't look pretty i don't want to put a number on it in case i get fact checked later but i it, things don't look good for someone like girly so you're telling me that obviously having stronger muscles and more muscles could relate in more Case. torque to the Case. don't 
I don't even oh, know. That was, the worst. that was the stupidest comment in that Facebook I know. group. Yeah, that was horrible. Okay. Sorry. So we, we got a comment earlier in the better. Facebook group about how stronger legs would lead to more ACL tears because of the torque that was put on the ACL. <laughs> like, well, it was just crazy. AJ Dillon is screwed. Yep. Yep. I guess that's I, it. I love AJ Dillon. Sidebar. Just No, I love it. I do yeah, too. I love Absolutely. AJ Dillon. And just speaking on that, since I'm going back to thinking of Saquon's quads right now, is you need to – so a lot of these players, too, is they abuse them. If you don't have support for a player, he's going to get hurt. You can't rely on one player on the team. It's not unrelated to Saquon's high ankle sprain the year prior. It's because he's the only person that's playing the game. Yep. The body can't take that. So it's really important for teams to have – a solid backup. I think most of the teams do a very good job with it. Obviously not my own, but that's a whole nother podcast. So yeah. I actually wrote an article uh, last year as to where I could see running backs start to team up kind of like NBA players where they don't take the max contract that they could actually get. They take a contract that is a little bit, you know, under very similar like Melvin Gordon, for example. And they actually try and team up with other superstars, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb's another example. So that way they don't put their bodies at risk because of the fact that they, they want to play a longer career, right? They want to sit there and, and elongate it and make sure that they are keeping themselves healthy. They don't want to see 350 carries a season. So I think that it could become a thing in the near future. I swear we start seeing these players communicate with each other and they're like, hey, let's go play for this team together. We know that they use a, you know, a, a running back by committee. And we can end up going there and and really make a huge impact. And I really strongly believe this could be a thing, especially with the money that the running backs are making now. Back mm -hmm. when I wrote this article, there was only three positions that didn't have three or more players. I'm sorry, four more players with that made over double digits in the millions uh, for their salary per year. One was the running back position. They had three. One was the center position. They had three. And I don't remember what the other one was. I want to say it might have been like a safety or guard or something like that. But uh, there was three positions where they did not have three or four more players making double digits in the millions. And so why would the running backs try and push to make an extra one million or two million, you know, per year when they can elongate their careers till they're playing till they're 30, playing till they're 32, playing till they're 34, 36, because they don't have to handle that workload. And I think that's something that we could see moving forward in a, in a major way. It's funny that you say that because this is like something I thought about bringing up. Just Sarnis here, Troy's here, Chief's here. So I this came up during one of the podcasts that I was on and going back to there being more than one, right? So you have two running backs and they're splitting. So when it comes to fantasy, what is with this uh, narrative that there can only be like one productive wide receiver on a team? I don't know if you guys have noticed this. It's something that I'm seeing more more often just because there's one running back doesn't mean the other running back is trash they they just might be a more productive offense they're not an offense that's on the field for 32 minutes and you know so i i don't know if you guys have anything to add on to that but i've been noticing a lot on teams that have really two good wide receivers or you look at like the vikings they've got a lot of star they have a lot of stars over there but people get nervous to take you know they don't want to take dalvin cook if they have justin jefferson it's so silly I do have a point to that, but I want to go ahead and hand it down to Jason. I know he's been waiting patiently down there. And then so, Troy. Yeah, of course. No, you guys, it's, it's 
This is great. This is, I'm listening. I'm learning. Um, basically, I used to, in all fairness, like four years ago, you never would have seen me have a lineup that had a wide receiver and a running back on the same team. I had that stigma, and, and then I lost it because just for whatever reason, the league's changing a bit. And before I get on that, if you don't mind, I want to touch on the Preston Williams injury. Uh, he is a little similar. He, he's basically an anomaly. He's an athletic anomaly. And you mentioned Gronk, Steffi. You mentioned AP. Those are freakazoid athletic anomalies. They're can, I, not... can I say one that'll impress you quick? Yes, yes. Okay. Icky Woods. Yes. That's a cold cut today. 1989, what can I do that's cool? I'm I, sorry, John. I'm like, Icky Woods? Woods. <laughs> Icky, Icky Woods? That's that's all I, I don't know, man. It's the first ACL I thought uh, of. He crushed that, it. That's he, fine. That's... he absolutely crushed it. And he was actually the first running back to run in a red zone run scheme. And so he was ACL. And then bad news. <laughs> you... In his sophomore year. In his I'm sophomore year. I'm naming my child Icky. That is hilarious. That's like the worst name ever. But that's, that's pretty bad. bad. That's, that's pretty bad. It's a cold cuss today. Woo! Icky Smalls. Sorry, I do just interrupted. No, I love it. I love it. Uh, but Preston is, he's. I'm frozen. The funny thing about Preston is that, I, and I'm, I'm not going to try not to be like the Homer Dolphin guy here. And, and everyone knows I love Preston Williams, but uh, he's never going to be a wide receiver one in fantasy, getting 95 plus receptions, 1,300 yards, and 12 touchdowns. Not gonna happen. This comes into that. What kind of lead do you have? If you're in a standard league that two catches for a hundred yards and two touchdowns from Preston Williams, because he averaged 16 yards a carry could do it for you. Fantastic. But if a PPR league is what you want out of Preston Williams, I don't think his volume's ever going to get there. Do I think that a knee injury is going to prevent him from getting or an ankle injury event, whatever to prevent him from getting volume? No, I don't think he was going to get the volume to begin with because that's not the type of player that the Dolphins wanted him to be because that's a that's a Devontae Parker. And that's players a like that, they don't get as many targets. Their bodies aren't getting beat up as much. That's why you Correct. see players. This is why you see players like, I can't think of someone off the top of my head. That, I don't even know, Amari Cooper. I don't know why his name's coming to my head. Ew. Um, but like players like that, Larry Fitzgerald, perfect example. Why do you think Larry Fitzgerald is not – in a wheelchair, retired right now. Because he was never because peppered with 20 targets. Yes, he was always a secondary. He was never steady. He was. It was just a just like this. It's just the same Larry Fitzgerald you get every year, and then it just kind of starts teetering out where he gets one touchdown a year, two touchdowns a year. But he can still he can still make plays. He can still be a body on a field because he never he wasn't abused like someone like Saquon is. So, right. yeah, and I know it's not the same thing, but I'm, it, you have to compare them with the injuries, blah, blah, blah whatever. But so yeah, so Frank it Gore? depends it Depends on how Gore, much. Gore's a, he's another kind of one of those freaks, <laughs> you know. It, you don't get many guys like that. I, but they're you know, outliers. They're outliers. There are a couple outliers, of course. But, you know, you're right, Steffi. It's like the, how much volume is Preston going to get? Uh, not a ton to me. If he's getting nine targets a game, I think there's a problem, believe it or not, in this Dolphin world. But I think it also, and just to, to – Swing it to Troy just to, for me to wrap up on this little thing here. I think you have to know your league. You have to know where you're getting your points. 
and you have to know the people that you're drafting to expect yeah. those points. So if you're in a PPR league, is Preston Williams on my radar? Unless I'm getting absolute max value from way down the docket, and he's like wide receiver five, whatever. But mm-hmm. believe it or not, a guy in a dynasty league like a Lynn Bowden Jr. might get more targets and fantasy points than Preston Williams. Not saying he's a more skilled wide <laughs> receiver, but in PPR – there could be more of a propensity to lean right. towards voting five rounds later. And that's my thing. Definitely. So, I mean, everything that Jason said was completely accurate. In terms of your question, Stephanie, about the wide receiver. So, fancy players, we're very selfish. So, I think it's more so you're talking about if it's a wide receiver one, wide receiver two. Like, why are we mm-hmm. always focus on the wide receiver one? Get You know why? Because we're selfish. If we got one wide receiver, we want – we want that production. We want the consistency. We want this one wide receiver. See, to get that's the targets. problem. You're selfish. <laughs> and that's what it is. We're selfish. So that's yeah. the reason why it's like, you know what? Okay, Devontae Adams, for example. I know that he's going to get all the damn targets. I want all my receivers to be like Devontae Adams. It makes research easier. It makes drafting easier. It makes trading easier. Things like that. Mm-hmm. So that's really what it boils down to. Yeah. There are certain situations like a Julio and Calvin Ridley where you can have two really productive wide receivers. Right. Unfortunately, not every single team has that or, you know, like Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. They happen to both have really good seasons last year, but you're not always going to get that. And then sometimes, you know, again, like whoever you have, you want them to get more targets than the other guy. Mm -hmm. So I think it's more so in terms of narrative, I think it's more about finding something right. to fit the narrative that we want. Right. We just want one. We're such one competitive receiver. creatures. Like you, exactly. you like almost can't train your brain to think. Uh, exactly. I can't have Ridley and Gage and exactly. Julio Jones exactly. on my team. I have to have one of them because they have to get all the targets. <laughs> that's the best example really is the Ridley Jones. Yeah, it is. Right? I agree. I think that's an awesome example. But like you, you think that they can't, or they just split targets and we'd be fine. But we don't want them to split targets. Oh, yeah. them- no, no. I know. That's our problem. Look at this. This is disgusting. Look at you selfish Mm -hmm. creatures. Exactly. I'm I'm telling you why. I'm going to tell you why. There's a a hyper-focus on just having one wide receiver from a team versus two. Yeah. We're going to go with the points scored per game. Obviously, with fantasy, you want to have people on a team that are scoring a ton of points, right? So let's go through. Let's do the top 10 teams when it comes to points per game scored. Green Bay. They obviously have one wide receiver, correct? Yeah. Devontae Adams. Tampa Bay, obviously they have multiple ones, so that didn't apply. Buffalo, Tennessee, New Orleans, Kansas City, which they have a tight end, so I guess you could credit that one. Seattle, which it it was in a, a space where either one went off and the other one did nothing or vice versa. Then we have, let's see, where am I? Indianapolis, Baltimore, and Las Vegas. None of those weird, yeah. <laughs> none of those teams had a top end scoring, uh, you know, two wide receivers. So that's essentially why is typically with these higher scoring teams, they have one great running back, and then they have another great pass catcher, yeah. whether that's the running back or the tight end, and then they have a primary uh, wide receiver. I and guess the I, reason. Sorry, go ahead. The reason that I know that is <laughs> because I did a study last year on the playoff teams and the wide receivers for the playoff teams and why the Green Bay Packers did not need to draft a wide receiver two in Green Bay. Kansas City Chiefs had Tyreek Hill, right? They had the San Francisco 49ers, didn't even have any wide receivers at the time. I believe Debo Samuel was, uh, you know, you know, was a rookie and wasn't really doing anything. Um, We have, let's see, the Tennessee Titans again, the Houston Texans, 
Obviously, Will Fuller was hurt. Um, and they had DeAndre Hopkins, the Ravens, Titans. I already said them. Uh, Seahawks, like, I mean, we sit there, we go, and we look at, you know, teams that are actually overly productive. They typically don't have a second wide receiver. The teams that spend money on a second wide receiver that can't afford other positions or spend their high draft capital on a second wide receiver, just like the Atlanta Falcons, for example, they typically don't perform at a high-end level in terms of fantasy assets because, I mean, when it's all said and done, you need to stop the other team as well, but, you know, offensive line matters and you can't spend a ton of draft capital because it's really almost about the quarterback at that point more than it is the wide receiver. Okay, Chase, just ruined my question. It's fine. <laughs> I love that answer. It was a really great also, answer. Yeah, that was a fire answer. I think it is the teams I think of, though, are like the Falcons, Tampa Bay. Like, so I think of those teams because I probably would do the same thing. But those are also the teams that do – I feel like you could never find a consistent target. They're the ones that kind of just – they play the playbook yeah. of, very well so it definitely comes down to the team but i thought it was interesting especially i think it's more the running backs maybe that i see it like thinking about the browns i think it's going to the two running back structure i mean I, <laughs> I like a study I, this century for about 20 years the the teams that would <laughs> have won four times i think with like a like a workhorse back Every other Super Bowl team has some sort of a tandem, even this year. With, oh, with, my God. I'm going to kill the Giants. It, well, it, you know, it's kind of like, <laughs> I did sure, it. but you have Barkley, you Six know. Six minutes left. You, you basically need two guys that could be a number one if they needed to be. But, like, I think, Chase, you said it, that kind of deal where it's like, all right, let's just team up. Our bodies will yeah. take half the hit. And it's like what Green Bay did. It's like they had a terrific system. It's like what uh, I'm sorry, New Orleans a couple of years ago did with Ingram and Kamara. That was almost like whoa. The tape is Murray and Kamara. I yeah. am going to cut this clip, put it on a hard drive, and mail it tomorrow right now. I am so done. <laughs> You're sending it to the Giants. <laughs> I'm, I'm sending it to the owner of the Giants. I'm going to address. I'm going to send four. I'm going to send one to him. One to Joe Judge. I'm not even sending one to Jason Garrett because he won't even look at it. And maybe Graham because I feel like he has his head on straight. That's all. They they brought in Dion Lewis. Oh my God, that's so cool. <laughs> and oh, Gallman is gonna go somewhere. Now the reports are coming out that he is getting looked at. It's very stressful. Stressful it's... here in New York. You know where it is stressful. Look at guys. Ready? Watch. Watch this. Watch how I spin it the other way. In my house today. Go ahead. No, stop. <laughs> you know what else is uh, where it's stressful is in Miami. Oh, the transition. Oh, always transition. Stressful. Hey, always stressful. Okay. Um, yeah. So in Miami, and we'll wrap this up. We only have we don't have much time here, but I'm trying to decide which one I want to go with. I think we could do both if we're quick. Okay. Because I'm not going to let Chase answer because I know Chase's opinion. So Miami boys, I won't say it, but I want to say fit. No, something. I know what you're going to say. Don't say it. They're, you're like mermen. So mermen. Yeah, she went there. Okay. If you <laughs> could pick your perfect scenario with the Watson trade, the perfect scenario, it doesn't matter. Don't hear anything else. What is your perfect scenario to get Watson in Miami? Go get Jason first. I want to hear his answer. I don't How? know. I, I love Jason. He I don't I love it. Fine. Okay. Why? We have no patience. No one, Troy, talk. I, you know, no one's going to be patient. Troy wants Watson. <laughs> Let me hear him. 
I'll talk. Okay, so here's my thing, Jace. If we get, well, I love Tua. First name. But I'm sorry. Yeah. Tua is not Deshaun Watson. I'm sorry. If we get Deshaun Watson, we're Super Bowl contenders immediately, as soon as he gets there. In terms of the division, right? You're not now, wrong. If we got to deal with now the bull, the, the Bills. Because I thought that once Tom Brady left, okay, that was an opportunity to take over the division. And all of a sudden, the Bills want to get good this year. And Josh Allen, obviously, it's going to be tough. You know, with the draft and free agency, we can compete with them, hopefully. You know, I trust in Brian Flores and Chris Greer to make the right moves in the draft and free agency. Are we going to be better than the Bills? I don't know. If we had Deshaun Watson, then that would make things a little bit more clear. My dream scenario is that we trade, if we're going to trade, right? The only realistic scenario that I think would get Watson would be Tua, the three, and the 18. That's the are only we at a hard? Are we at a hard, are we stopping at 60? We stopping no. dead at 60? All right, good. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to, you make good points, but basically here's my short Just of the wait long. until you guys hear the keep trade cut. The short, the short oh, of the no. long is Go ahead. Watson's terrific. No question about it, but what has happened in Houston since he's been there? The rest of the team, the depth, the line, the this, the that might not be set up for 10 years of success. That guy didn't have a Super Bowl ring because he didn't have a consistent ability to have a defense and the running game or both a little bit in between. It was all him a lot of times. He also had two phases of the career, the pre-injury, the post-injury. Steph, that's a whole Marino study for you, the pre and the post-injury. it's on my list. Man had two separate careers. I got caught up, and that's why it was like he had the '80s and the '90s. But what 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 this organization has been doing since they decided to get Tua is build from the ground floor up, and it's too too quick to pull a plug on what they're trying to do is build long term success. And if they do make the trade, it's essentially and I hate doing it, it's doing this. Up didn't work, and I don't think Chris Greer wants to do that because. The rumors were, oh, Miami's in the fray for Brady. No, in the fray for Gurley. No, in the fray for Gordon. No, in the fray for A.B. No. The Dolphins will say, you know what? A.B., here's 10 cents. Nope, you want 15? Goodbye. <laughs> and that's basically Chris Greer. He's going to kick the tires. And I'm sure that if we say or if we hear that Miami sent an offer, Miami sent an offer. Sure, Miami sent an offer. I want to buy a Rolls Royce, but guess what I'm going to offer? <laughs> not, what it, not what it's cost. Now, I'm going to see if someone's stupid enough to give me what I want for something that I don't want to pay for. If only B.O.B. was there, we'd be good. (laughs) Well, right. But the fact of the matter is it ain't going to happen because we already saw what the market is. So what Chris Greer is going to do is build. And I think Tua does not have to be Deshaun Watson. He certainly does not have to be Dan Marino. He's got to be a combination and just before. He won't. He won't. No, he's no one's going to be. What's what's the market? What? What's the market? Yeah. Oh, what's the market? Wait, I, we saw yeah. the Stafford trade. It was, and if he for, went for, for that, for, we know how Harvey, much. You would know better than anyone. No offense. I'm aging you here a little bit, but it's sure. the, let's just call the facts the facts, man. Sure. Um, right. 90, do you remember 90, like around 96, when the cap situation was kind of like this and you saw players where it was like one year deal? That was the worst year of my fandom. I'm going to tell you why. Because my Miami Dolphin favorite team was 94-95, those two seasons. And yeah. three of my favorite players left because of salary cap reasons. But yeah. they all said if they're not signed... Irving Fryer, Troy Vincent, Marco Coleman, yeah. Brian Cox. I didn't... I was 15. 
There you go. And basically got, <laughs> got, yeah, I know. I got literally a lesson in sports business. I could not fathom that these guys weren't Finns anymore. And it became a new team. But yeah, basically that stuff happens, you know? Yeah, and I've been obsessing over it. And they, a lot of people really do think that this year is actually going to be worse than that year. We're going to, the, the free agency is not going to go how people play, think. <laughs> no one can pay Aaron Jones what Aaron Jones is worth in this economy, guys. <laughs> like people right. are not getting paid the way that they want to get paid this year. So it's it's going to be a very weird off season. We're going to see players. It, it's going to be so interesting. I've been talking to Chase about nine, how many times have I said 96, you think? Uh, not as much as I said, hey, guess what? We have pins. Yeah. We have pins. Okay, one we last have question. Pins. One last question, and then we'll wrap it up. Wait, wait, so, wait, 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 wait. What? I, the pins. Think, no, Chase had a question. I had a, I had a question. I raised my hand. Fine. No, I want to know, like, if we could, you know, see a package designed around Xavier Howard because the Texans need help on defense, and you guys have no, a lot of defensive pieces. Stop. Leave him alone. I'm oh saying you guys can replace it with younger pieces. You guys can replace it with younger pieces in the right. secondary that can it's, fit the bell curve of the age production for where you guys are trying to build and go towards. Try and find a young, you know, stud guy in the secondary. And you guys don't want to give away draft picks because you guys need these draft picks to replenish your, your defense as a whole and refine the place or find the replacements of the members on the defense in the front seven that you guys signed from New England over this past year. Right. So you guys need these draft picks. So is there any player on your roster that you think could be an asset that New England could, or I'm sorry, uh, that, that the Texans could value? Maybe even Gasecki, you know? How would it make more sense? How funny would it be if JJ Watt goes to Miami after all of this? Doubtful. It would be hilarious. I know he's not going to. He's He's not going to, but I would love it. You make a good point, Chase. You really make a very good point because, I mean, look, I hate, I'm not going to really be the guy to throw together the Madden trade. And say how cool it looks because it makes sense. Yeah, I do that a lot. No, 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 that's not it. If you're looking at assets, Sure, you know, and you want to see if you can keep, you know, as many draft picks as you want. Yes, that is a tabled idea because Brian Flores could take a third, a fourth, a fifth round cornerback, an undrafted cornerback, and turn him into a serviceable player, not Xavier He's Howard. He's not good. He's not good. But then you also have a future. Remember this name, Gerald Alexander is a defensive backs coach for the Miami Dolphins. Within five to five I years, he'll be a, No, I know, but he'll be a head coach. And he... Oh. Has has been saying this. But you also this. have an invested Long young time. cornerback who you need to get on the field as well. Exactly. Who is an outside corner. He can't play slot. He proved it this past year. And he's a developmental prospect. So I don't expect him to go. But you guys can't um, – you guys, like, they can't – Byron Jones, you can't move off Byron Jones. You guys are stuck with Byron Jones for, like, yeah, three we, years. We, we're, 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 he's tied to So us. Xavier Howard, instead of losing him in free agency in a couple of years, I think it's, what, two or three years, right? Great. Three, I think. Positive. Yeah, but you guys can move off him after twenty twenty one, but you can still move him after this, you know, after this year as well, like before twenty twenty one. So, so what's the, what's your what's your trade? What's the bottom? What's the actual trade with with the Howard package? Well, that's what I wanted to see if there was like a collection Peter of players. Howard? You can't trade Peter Howard. Oh Get no, he's my, fa- he's my I'm favorite. I'm kidding, player. guys. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, no, no, so are you, are you like putting Tua and Howard and like a pick? You'd is have to at like, least throw in one pick minimum, probably two. Well, give I guess. That's too much. That's too much to me. To me, that's I, I got. 
Yeah, oh yeah, Howard, not, no, no, first, no, no. not no. Peter Howard too. That's now we're getting a little bit Too rich for my blood. <laughs> um, no, so we have Xavier Howard. We've got two Tagovailoa. We've got uh, a fir- the late first and the the second. Third. No, that's a lot. That's I a would lot. do that in a heartbeat for for Deshaun Watson. You're talking about Troy. You just said you'd become an immediate Super Bowl contender. Yeah, but you. I, I like my pack. It, like I don't want to give up. And then you put it's. I feel like that's not, that would be a hit on the other end there. Uh, I, don't know. I want to stay the course. I I think that if they stay the course, we're probably should, going to. We're probably going to stay the course. I think they're good. If if someone literally puts a gun to my head and say, "What are they going to do?" Um, I'll say, "Ah, uh, two." Uh, and that, <laughs> sorry. Okay, weird. I think they're gonna stay. Weird I think flex. Gonna hold. Weird flex. Darnold's not going. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. I literally Bring just want to drop the possible. Last question. I'm just kidding. I'm just so kidding. this is like a a perfect scenario in Miami. Keep trade cut. You have Tua, Ooh. Watson, and ready for the last one, Dak. Oh boy! Because Dak is a pretty story in Miami. Let me tell you, I would like that. Look, if I gotta be honest, it got look. I'm gonna. Who are you keeping? Come on, don't worry I'm about gonna... Sarni. Don't look at Sarni. Come on. I'm cutting to uh. Woo! She literally posed this question just to hear you say that, Troy. I know, <laughs> I know, and I hate it. I know she I did that on purpose. You. Okay, uh, thanks for watching. And I didn't even finish my. I didn't even I'm finish. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She doesn't care. She just wanted to hear you say. Cut I just to wanted it. you to say that. Uh, keep Watson trade deck. Wow. Okay, Sarni. I mean, I'm keeping Tua, or else uh, I'm a bunch of. Uh, I'm saying BS the whole time. Yeah, how dude, you would not take Tua over it, 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 Well, because you have to look at the actual what it comes with. I want a team. I love my defense. I'd like it to be a top three defense, maybe two or one for the next five years, realistically, yeah. with keeping people together. Because you don't need an Aaron Rodgers. You don't need a Russell Wilson with this defense. You need to score yeah. 19 to 24 points per game. That's where they need to be. And they you need, just to, need be. to be an Eli Manning. If only you guys were like, you guys had someone like Eli Manning. Uh, Two over Eli. Okay. I hope so. You're going to be really disappointed if you I'll end up with Eli love. Manning for that pick. I'll love Eli Manning for solidifying the perfect season staying home in Miami. So that that's, I'll always have that. <laughs> anyway, so you're keeping Tua. Keeping to, I'm gonna cut. I'm starting to like angry, so (laughs) cut Dak. Definitely cut Dak, and I'm gonna obviously find some poor NFL team and fleece them by trading Watson and getting a a team back with a future draft (laughs) pick. It's gonna be so expensive. Too expensive. Chase, Chase is gonna do some annoying stuff right now that's gonna drive me crazy. Unless we have pins, more pins. I like to take. This isn't about pins. This is about Tua Watson Dak in Miami. Keep trade cut. If if it was a perfect scenario, I don't care that you have a pin. Everyone knows. Go to our store, www.fancyintervention.com. Find some gear. Go. I haven't heard somebody say www in forever. Well, anyways, <laughs> um, no, I you got to keep Watson and trade Dak and cut Tua. Okay, I'm gonna have the best easy. one. So. 
and I just made this up on the spot. I didn't know what I was going to ask. I just knew I wanted to do this. So I would cut Tua because Tua is a backup quarterback. And that's no, he's not. Oh my god, um, no, I'm not done. I let everyone talk. This no, is my he's show. no, we cut yeah. the show. It would you, can't, you can't exit with that. I would keep Dak. And I would just, as Jason said, I would just fleece the crap out of a team. He is not a backup quarterback. He's not a backup quarterback. I know. He's not a backup quarterback. I just don't. I'm not very confident in his success in the Super Oh my god! And I love the Dolphins. Yeah, but I love the team. Dolphins. I grew up a closet Dolphin. My my family was either a Dolphins fan or a New York Giants fan. I was always I was always partial to them. I just that's don't. A, that's a normal combo. It is a normal combo with the New York and the South Florida. Is it? Yeah, it is. I actually. mean, a, a lot of New Yorkers end up going down to Florida, and the, yeah. you know, I'm not a New Yorker though. I'm from. Canada. I, I'm a New Yorker. Remember, I'm not from Florida. I'm actually born what? from. Uh, I have a whole story. I did not even say it. I, I know. To I'm gonna message you after I like. Wrote I've heard this right. story. Yeah, Troy, story. Troy does not want to hear the story. He doesn't even believe half it. Can you believe? Oh, it's a crazy story. That's it's a I crazy mean. story. I but can't I also, hear it. But I also was 15 in 1996. So crazy, crazy okay. stuff. But I have hey, a trivia question for you guys. I got a trivia. Oh, I like trivia. Love trivia. Okay. Oh, no trivia. way. You want to come play on Thursday night for real? Oh, that'd be perfect. Yeah, sorry. You'd be so good. Please. Well, I like trivia. Yeah. I, right, I want to play. Seven o'clock. It's a Margarita. date. It's a date. B-Y-O-M. Right, so I'm done. I can, uh, I'm in. All right. So. I have to go on a show. How many consecutive. Yeah, me too. Uh, 930. So how many consecutive. How many consecutive quarterbacks. Did the Dolphins draft in the first or in the, the second round back in the 2000s? It might have been early 2010s. I'm not going to know this. <laughs> John Beck. Feel no, I was like, going to ask you their name. But. Well, I'm, trying, I'm counting out loud. I'd say four. He's like me. I'd say John Beck. I'd say Cleo Lemon, Pat White. Not Cleo Lemon, sorry, Pat White. You got oh, two of them. The quarterback. I, was, I thought uh, Pat White was going to be a thing too. Oh. <laughs> no, I didn't think it was going to be a thing. I threw my remote at that pick. Uh, God, welcome to me watching the draft for every single Washington football team since I was, you know, growing up. Okay. I mean, I loved there Antonio Gibson, but anyway, sure, um, I'm blanking on the other. Is there? Is there two more? It's, that, it's three. three. It's three. One more. Okay, so it's one more. I don't remember draft. the order. That's the oh, one. Chad Henney. Chad Henney. Yep, you nailed it. Woo! That's all I am, Troy. I was, I was Super Bowl champion. And they're like, I'm appearing. What was this player's, this player's jersey's number? I'm like, dude, I am a Giants fan in and out. But if I don't remember if they were 92 or 96, kiss my butt. Exactly. I know all the quarterbacks, but I just don't know the order. (laughs) I don't know the order. Yeah. All right. We'll wrap this up. Guys, this is awesome. I'm pumped. We have to do this again. This was seriously a blast. No, we'll a great let time. Troy tell everyone what you're working on, where they can find you for the people that don't know nice guy in the neighborhood. <laughs> oh, nice guy in the neighborhood. That's lame. But what's up, everybody? He's Mr. Listen. Rogers. This was oh, the nicest on. I've ever been to you on a show. And I'm actually really proud of myself. It's really true. Like, I don't know Troy what's up. Troy is what Mr. Rogers. I'm in a good mood. I feel like myself. Ew, gross. I don't want to be Mr. Rogers. But y'all can find me at Ball... <laughs> I'm part of Join Our Circle. You know, I write in podcasts for them. 
Ball Blast. I'm a writer and also I'm one of the co-hosts of Fancy Football Confidential. Live stream Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have some huge guests coming on this offseason, so stay tuned. Make sure y'all subscribe. And that's really about it, man. I'm going to be doing different projects here and there, some stuff in the works, but y'all, y'all be on the lookout for it. Follow me at TKingMode on Twitter. Sarni? Doing a lot of fun stuff over at FinManiacs.com. Uh, really been very fortunate to have a lot of, uh, you know, people come on board, a lot of great staff writers doing podcasting, writing, so check their stuff out. And uh, I got some fun projects in the works. I know Troy is a fantasy football friar. And that's kind of like a light side of football and fun. Basically, a couple of friends just started this thing just in case the season didn't happen, you know. And obviously, <laughs> we all got busy with an actual football season. So now we're going to probably get back to having some fun. We'll Wait. obviously chase. Steffi will get you guys involved. In- that was you? you? You're doing it with Scott? Yes, yeah. correct. That was, oh, my God. Yes, so Scott asked me to win it. Uh, Scott Simpson. So uh, before oh, the season started. Oh, he's coming out next week. I didn't tell you yet, Chase. Oh my God! That's Scott, awesome. Scott is the greatest human. Other than Troy, Scott's <laughs> the greatest human being on the planet. I love Scott. I love Scott. I love Scott. <laughs> That's why you're familiar. If you're watching right now, yeah. Scott, I love you, my Huckleberry. Scott, we love you. And that's I re- basically it. So the hot sauce podcast, like that's when he asked me to join it because I guess like you know we had we had a good time in the hot sauce podcast. He's like, dude, I need to get you onto this fantasy football fryer stuff, and he sent me a video of him doing like this relay type race. Yeah, that was something. a good one. That was good. And I'm like, I don't know if I can put this in the content like this. This is this is way funnier than I am. So that's keep amazing. your uh keep your DMs open. Uh one of us might uh dive on in there and give you some sort of an invitation. Let it dive in with dolphins like merman. I, I talk to Scott weekly. Uh, merman, come on now. No, it's better cool. than the other name. Yeah, we can't we can't say the other one. Stop! You can't say that. Okay, it's your turn. No, it's your turn. Tell the people, Chase. Fine, I'll tell the people. I'll tell the people all about (laughs) fantasyintervention.com. You didn't know we're fantasyintervention. (laughs) Fantasyintervention.com. Go check us out. Go join our circle underscore on Twitter. Join our circle underscore on Twitter. We have content. Coming at you all. I will. God, Steph. Oh, my. We have content coming at you all constantly. We have two or three articles in the pipeline right now, along with about, I believe, six quick shots. It's uh, being cranked out constantly. And, you know, I want to give a huge shout out to Jacob. He had an article come out today, a phenomenal article. Jeff has been absolutely killing it over there. So make sure you guys go check those guys out. And then, of course, you guys can find me at FF underscore intervention. But honestly, I'm not really doing anything because I'm so busy behind the scenes. So go (laughs) check out the other members and the people that are writing articles because those are the ones you're going to want to watch and follow, not me. And then you can find me at Steffi Smalls with three L's. That's about it. I uh, have- You do like a million things. <laughs> coming out about Saquon. Chase doesn't know yet that I deleted part one so that um, they're unable to edit it fully. I just didn't like the way that my, I looked cross-eyed. So I just like deleted it. And I'm going to read oh. at the beginning. <laughs> and it's fine. But then I'm also writing an article. I'm going to try to put all this ACL. My idea is after these rehab reports every Friday to kind of drop like the article on the injury that I covered. And uh, I'm also working on arthritis one that goes alongside with this because I know we're going to have a lot of time early questions. But that's it. Yeah. Find us at join our circle underscore if you didn't hear us say it 17,000 times.
Let's go. Let's go. All right. Thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Wait. And get this started, Chief. Thank you guys for tuning in. And thank you guys for letting us interview with your fantasy football life. Forever.